I am Janelle, and this is today's Heartlift with Janelle. Welcome back to this bonus edition with author Callie Logan. Her latest book, Dear Future Husband, a love letter journey while waiting for God's best. You know, love letters spark within our hearts a sense of nostalgia and tender affection and the blooming potential of the future to come. In our first conversation, Callie and I talked a lot about longing. Remembering that a longing is a strong, persistent desire or craving, especially for something attainable or distant. Callie shared her journey in the waiting room of her longing to be married. Turning 30 for her was uh, not the easiest because she has been longing in her heart. She's had a strong, persistent desire, a craving, right? To be married, to find the one whom her soul loves, who she can build her life with and advance the kingdom of God with. We've all had that longing, but we also have many other things that we might be longing for. So I love her story and I love how she inspired us with her letters that she penned beginning in her late teen years through the roaring 20s of her life. Each letter she has written encapsulates the lessons learned along the way, the lessons of the waiting room, as well as a deep sentiment of adoration for a man who would one day be called husband. Through the span of over a decade, Callie's letters mark big milestones in her journey as a single woman who is still in that waiting room, waiting, pining, longing, praying, seeking her future husband, but who finds the greatest love of all, knowing that her creator, God Almighty himself, loves her deeply and truly. Callie inspired me to open my journal, take out my pen, and write to God what I'm longing for, what I am desiring, what what strong, persistent desire or craving is deep inside of my soul right now in my life. Psalm 42 says, as a deer pants for the water, so my soul pants after God. What is your soul longing for? What are you waiting for? In this conversation, Callie and I unlock the door to the waiting room once again. And we talk about waiting, mm-hmm. something we all do quite a bit on our journey with God. Welcome, Callie, back to the show. In the process, what is important in the process of waiting? Because this is really another undercurrent theme is the process of waiting. And we've Mm -hmm. all been in waiting rooms, right? Uh, Depending on what our longing is. Mm -hmm. So perhaps let me reframe the question. What have you learned in the waiting room? You've shared some. I don't know if there is something 
particular that has been the most vital to keep you going, to keep you becoming, to keep you developing in your faith? Um, I think the biggest thing is patience is more about trust than it is time. (sighs) It's about trusting that God is a God who keeps his word and he's got a plan and he's got a purpose for every intentional moment. And I think about, you know, I think about all the times that I've been in the exact right place at the exact right time for something incredible to occur, like a God story. Mm-hmm. And if he is that intentional down to that specific split second of a moment, mm-hmm. you know, then why do I worry about the rest of my life? He's, he's mm-hmm. using it. And I think the other thing I've learned in the waiting, you know, be it a relationship, be it a job, there've been several jobs that I've had to wait on. Yes, um, for, of course. Graduating from college, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I don't have a job. Exactly. And I was trying to figure it out. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to be okay. I'm, God's got me. He's going to cover me. And sure enough, I was on um, I was given a gift to go see my cousins out in Minnesota for a graduation gift. And I got a phone call while I was out in Minnesota <gasps> from a job I had applied to six months previously. And they wanted what? to hire me. And it was just, it was incredible. Yeah, testimony, you know, right. In that meantime, I still had to wait. And yeah. I've said before, you know, don't sit in the rocking chair or just crocheting a blanket. You know, there's so much more you can do with your time. And I think that's, yeah. you know, looking at whatever you're waiting on, because we're always waiting on something. We you know, are. Absolutely. Married, you know, you're either yes. waiting, maybe waiting on a baby, maybe you're waiting on a, a house, maybe you're waiting on, you know, the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's looking at how can this, how does God want me to use this time wisely? Oh, that's super, super good because it it is a special time Mm -hmm. because it's once you are married and begin to have children as, which is your dream, Mm -hmm. then your time is different. And so I think any of us just trying to make it as relevant because it's so relevant you know, this waiting for our longing to be fulfilled, you know, it's like hope deferred makes the heart sick, Yep, sick. But when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. And so I'm curious as well, as we're closing, like any words of knowledge or wisdom about your self-acceptance and how you've kept yourself believing Uh, that you're worthy? Because I think that can get worn down. I'm not good enough. Why me? Uh, There's a million questions there, right? Uh, Self-limiting beliefs. How have you kept yourself in a a state of self-acceptance and worthiness? I don't know if that's even answered. A great question. Um, honestly, that has been such a journey for me. Um, mm-hmm. cause when I was growing up in high school, I was really, really bullied and mm-hmm. I oh. struggled with an eating disorder as kind of a result Kelly. of that. Kelly, and, Kelly. Um, mm-hmm. you know, when I went through therapy for it in my mid twenties, uh, what we actually kind of came down to was the root of it was worth. It wasn't that I was trying to control everything. It was actually that I didn't feel worthy. That's it. Um, And, you know, it was also kind of looking through this, like you said, self-acceptance of, you know, who, who am I and could I actually like who I am, you know? And I remember um, when I was, I think it was a senior in high school when the movie Enchanted came out um, Mm -hmm. and there was a Carrie Underwood song and it had this (laughs) lyric that it was like, you might even like 
who you were made to be. And oh my gosh, at the time didn't resonate with me because I was like, how could I ever like me? You know, (laughs) sure. Oh, I've been there. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was an option. I didn't think that that was like an option on the table. And yeah, I think, well, if I could, if this and this and this would change, maybe I'd like me. Um, But it really wasn't until my later 20s that I really stopped stop trying to care about what everyone else thought of me. And I thought, man, you know what? At the end of the day, it's what God thinks of me and what I think of me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and my students will tell you I am, I am quirky and vivacious and I am kind of the weird teacher, you know, like in the best of I ways. I love and- weird teachers. That means you're <laughs> well, so good. It just, just means you're so it. out of the box. And I just embraced it. And I thought, you know, if they don't like me, then they're not for me and that's okay. That's right. And I, you know, I think that's where true confidence comes from is it's like being okay if everyone doesn't like you. Absolutely. The the whole world abandons you, rejects you. Boy, but that is spiritual maturity to me. The only perfect person ever to walk the planet they killed. They did. So not everyone liked him either, you know, and and he He says, hey, Mm -hmm. they hated me. They'll hate you too. And I think looking at it instead of being downcast about that, being like, you know what, but the people who do like you and who do love you and who are for you are going to think the world of you and they're going to have fun with you. And their favorite parts of you are that you have a blow up dinosaur costume that you'll wear on the last day of school just to throw candy at everybody, you know, girl, I was Humpty Dumpty. Yes. (laughs) Um, that's fantastic. (laughs) True story. Uh, but (laughs) no, it is. That's why I love it so much. Um, but you know, I keep keep doing that. I love it so much. Well, you know, but I think it's just, it's embracing who you were actually meant to be and, and standing in joy. And it's, it's not the boastful kind of pride that is that it's Mm -hmm. instead saying, you know what, I love that I am uniquely me. Mm -hmm. And how cool is it that God only made one of me? Yes. I'm so happy. And I think that's a huge part of waiting well, because I realized, man, I am so grateful that my husband will get to meet me, the yes. real actual me, and not yes. this mask and facade that I've put on mm-hmm. in the past to try and hope that people would like me. Yeah. But instead, it's like, you know what? This mm-hmm. is quirky, zany, out of the box. He's going to love it. He's going to enjoy <laughs> it. You're going to be so fun. I'll keep him on his toes. That's for sure. He'll never you know sure will. <laughs> I'm glad you will. I'm glad that you have labored in the field, that you have done your heart work. You're imaging us to do the heart work. Yeah. Quick question. I, then I'm going to let you go. I promise. Was it the bullying voices? Now, because I've already imagined that you came from a secure home, parented well, which we say here, you can be parented well, be in a secure home, but then some other entity comes into your life that wants to rob your identity, rob your security, rob all of these things that your your parents and God have infused in you in that safe space, because the world's not a safe space. Was it the bullying voices that began to crack your sense of self-worth? And that's where you had to do the self-acceptance work. I think that was a big part of it. I think the other side was, um, and I, I want to say this to be kind still to my former younger self, because I still yep. want to be Please do. Know, uh, honoring to her because there was nothing mm-hmm. wrong with her, but she was, I've always been a bit more of a loner um, uh-huh. just by who I am as an introvert. And um, okay. 
I enjoy kind of things that are a little bit, you know, I, I enjoy quirky. Quirky. Yeah. I, I've mm-hmm. always been a little quirky. So even I remember just as a little kid, I would in, like even the music I enjoyed was a little mm-hmm. different than mm-hmm. everybody else. And there was nothing wrong with it. I just, yeah. you know, um, but I think what happened was I think the enemy saw me in a very impressionable time. And mm-hmm. although I had excellent, wonderful parents, I I didn't have a big sister and I didn't have right. um, necessarily a role model in the way yes. of somebody who was coming alongside me right. and just kind of being my friend that was mm-hmm. within the 10 year span of my age. And I, I think love that. Mm-hmm. That's part of why I wrote the first book because yes. I, I didn't want that to serve as kind of, I actually encourage mentorship so much. Yeah. Um, and I encourage parents and grandparents and aunts and anyone else, you know, mm-hmm. if, you, if there is a young woman in your life that you see them at that impressionable age, and I'd say anywhere from 12 to, you know, 17, Ooh. 18. Yeah. Even 25 uh, up to that. I mean, 25. I mean, so honestly, difficult. The full brain doesn't even develop until then. So well, it's true. I, you know, yeah. I would encourage listeners, if you have a young woman in mind or someone that just came yeah. to your heart, if you're listening, ask the Lord to help you um, assist them in finding mm-hmm. a mentor, you know, be yeah. that from the church or even mm-hmm. it doesn't, you know, they don't even have to live nearby. No, can somebody we have Zoom, FaceTime, we have all of these the things. FaceTime, you know, yep. texting, stuff like that, but a safe place. Yes. Um, someone who can affirm and lift them up and pour into them encouragement. Yes. Um, yes. Because I think that's Support, so safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's such an impression blade. And I think the enemy really works to come at young women. He um, does. Because if you can get them in a place mm-hmm. as a teenager then it puts them on a trajectory throughout their 20s and, and beyond sure. of how they view themselves and how they treat themselves and what, how they allow themselves to be treated. Exactly. Um, exactly. And that's a huge thing, especially when it comes to relationships and men. You yeah. know, we teach people how to treat us. And we do. So, mm-hmm. And that's really true, too. You know, there are things that I think a woman who has a good a good voice in their life encouraging them. Mm-hmm. Is going to more than likely, if they're in a relationship, take it to that mentor person mm-hmm. and say, hey, what do you think on this? And mm-hmm. when it can be more of an open dialogue, you, you know, it might save that woman a lot of heartache yes. um, and a, a lot of soul wounds down the road. I think that's just absolutely everything. And I think that's perhaps why you walk the walk you did, because it is part of your now mission and calling to exhort us as older women, you know, even if you're five years older, 12 year old, 17 year old or whatever, to look around at, at every, at, at all those around you and take some time. I think it's the highest calling that we can have. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of women, my age feel very purposeless when the children have flown the nest and they feel like I've done my job. Now what? I don't know. I'm just spinning in circles, Mm -hmm. find a young person invite five or six into your home, have a judgment-free zone, a shame-free zone, and just let them bring their questions and use dear future husband, Callie's new book, A Love Letter Journey While Waiting for God's Best, as your guide. You now have a guide. You don't have an excuse. (laughs) And also your first book as well. Hang in there. Callie, this has been so, so eye-opening and so helpful and practical which is what I hoped it would be. And I'm just so glad to meet you and know that you are right up the street from me. And yes. that hopefully one day we can stand shoulder to shoulder and help some young girls and their mamas. I think that would, would be great. That. 
Thank you so much. And thank you to the listeners for tuning in. Yes. Tell us where they can find you, like that one hub where you hang out most. Is it Instagram? Is it Facebook? Where where can we find you? It is my Instagram. That's kind of where yeah. I put all the book to updates, author updates, blog things, and okay. all of my quirky quirky antics too. So. <laughs> and what's your your uh, Instagram handle? Is that least I don't even know what I say. No, that's right. It's uh, okay. Callie Logan. So that's Callie with a C and a Y. So. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay, Heartlifters, meet Callie and I over on our Instagrams at Janelle Rairden and at Callie, C-A-L-L-Y-L-O-G-A-N, at Callie Logan. Episodes release on Wednesdays and the bonus on Fridays, so meet us on those two posts and ask us any questions you might have or any thoughts that you have. We really, really want to engage in conversation with you. I also want to encourage you to visit our archives, season one, episode 14, learning how to be more patient. I have to revisit that one about every month because patience is hard earned. And the meditative exercises in season three bonus. So we have the waiting room and the three letters. That meditative exercise is very near and dear to my heart. I created it when I was working on Overcoming Hurtful Words, How to Rewrite Your Story. I remember exactly where I was. I was in Williamsburg, Virginia, where I went away for a week to just get in the zone to write the book and all of the bonus materials. And I just started with a vision in my mind of my hand on a doorknob. It was a new thing that God was opening and awakening in my life. And I thought, why am I seeing my hand on a doorknob. And I felt the Spirit inviting me to start writing something brand new, something I'd never done before, a meditative exercise, an audio meditation. And what happened over the course of the next 48 hours was just you know, magical, just beautiful, something only God could have breathed into me. And it just unfolded into this beautiful exercise. And I, I hope to write more I know that it takes a lot of concerted energy and a lot of time in the practices of stillness, silence, and solitude. It takes a lot of discipline to get that quiet, to write something so inspired by the spirit. We know we talk about that liminal space and that's what that was. And boy, I long to be in that space more and more in my life so that I can offer you meditations that will really help you discover, discern, and delight in the desires of your heart. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review if you can. Just go to JanelleRairden.com slash podcast, scroll to the bottom of the page, and there you will find the easy instructions on how to do that. And you'll also be subscribed to my bi-monthly newsletter and all the other additional goodies and resources that will help you, yes, yes, become stronger every day. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Every Day online community at JanelleRairden.com. 
always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity.